Hey there, I'm Dana, a registered dietitian and registered dietitian exam tutor. And this is my podcast where we go over all of the questions that have been posted to my Facebook page, Registered Dietitian Exam Study Group with Dana over the past week. And we not only chat about the answers, but why are they the answers as well as answer any questions that students have posted on the page throughout the week. This is a weekly podcast, so be sure to tune in each week for new questions. And of course, I would love to see any of you guys at the live version of this on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. All right. So first question we have is about pregnancy and WIC. Here's the question from the student. A pregnant woman comes to WIC with low iron and wants to know what foods to eat. Options are tuna and milk, peanut butter and crackers, beans and yogurt. So we're thinking she has low iron. What should she eat? First of all, you're probably thinking like, oh, red meat, animal products. Not there, right? Then you might be thinking, okay, protein foods. Well, beans have protein, tuna has protein, uh, peanut butter has protein, might not really stand out to. This question, even though it says like quick, can pregnancy is really a vitamins and minerals question where you want to keep in mind that calcium is going to decrease the bioavailability of protein. It's not necessarily going to like inhibit all of it, but it does decrease the bioavailability. So to answer this question, you need to be thinking about the fact that the yogurt in the milk is going to decrease the bioavailability of the iron in the tuna and in the beans. So in this question, the best answer is going to be to do the peanut butter and crackers. That's going to be the best one where she'll get a little bit of the protein and the iron but it's not necessarily going to be blocked either. Okay, next question we have is from a student who says, Hi everyone, I took my exam on Monday. I'm quite nervous. This is my second time and I've been studying a lot, but I still feel doubtful on some things. What do you recommend to help with the last few study sessions? And this is a great question to ask because you want to make sure that you're going into the exam feeling confident. It's not to say that I expect you to go into the exam and be like, Dana, I am the world's leading expert on Gene Inman. I'm never going to get any questions wrong. But you also want to make sure that you're spending your last few days being productive too. And one of my pieces of advice for like the last few days, like so thinking like two, three days out, is to remind yourself that you're not going to like all of a sudden like learn everything, right? Like it's not like you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to get this last study session in and now everything is going to make sense. No, and that's okay. And you can go into the exam still having a few things that are a little bit iffy. That's okay. For the exam, realistically, you want to know about 80% of the material because what that's going to allow you to do is to kind of pivot and think about like, okay, well, I don't know exactly the answer, but I know D is not the answer because I know what D is. So that's one thing to keep in mind too. Also, the last few days, things you want to focus on are trouble areas and practice questions. I usually recommend that by the, like, you know, two to three days to your exam, you should really be working on finishing up all the practice questions. And you guys know I give this advice all the time, but finish out any practice questions you have access to. In man, pocket prep, eat right prep. Um, if you're in any of my courses, be sure to do the situational practice questions. Be sure to do 
your practice exam. Because you want to go into the exam saying, I've seen six ways to Tuesday that this could be asked and I'm feeling ready. So finish out the questions and really focus on understanding, well, why did I get that one wrong if you got it wrong? Because that's going to help you apply that knowledge to the exam. Also, in terms of trouble areas that I would say to look at too, is to make sure that you are kind of brushing up on them. Like this doesn't mean you're going to do a full review in the next few days. But what this does mean is that you should be kind of thinking about that concise list. What are things you always get mixed up on? For most of you guys, this is vitamins and minerals, math equations as well, medications, labs. So do a review of those, but do a concise review, like looking at a study guide, doing a quiz set. That's a great way um, to be doing. Go on the Facebook page, search whatever it is that you are getting stuck on so you can see ways people ask questions about it too. And then lastly too, remember you need to work on decreasing the stress around the exam. And I always say this, but you know, you're not like, I, and I already said this on this episode, but you don't need to go in and be like, wow, I'm the best person ever. But if you're going and being like, I can't do this. I am a big believer that the energy you put out is going to be what you receive. So if you're going into this exam being like, Dana, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail. That's going to have a big impact, right? Versus if you spend the last few days before your exam being like, okay, let me remind myself of all the hard work I've put in. I've been focused. I've been diligent. Let me think about what I've done differently this time from the last time. Right? Let me think about all the topics that I used to not know and now I know. That makes a really big difference. Also scheduling time to do things, be with people, pet a furry animal, that decreases your stress level because you need support. You don't need to do this alone just because you're, you know, a lot of us are like hyper-independent, type A, where it's like, I can do this, right? Ask for help. Talk to your family. Talk with your friends, you know, talk with your therapist. Be like, this is how I feel right now. I'm stressing. And also, my last little tidbit on this, do not panic by. If your exam is coming in four days, you probably, and again, hard because everyone's a case-by-case basis, but this is my general advice. You probably do not need to buy a huge big package a few days out from your exam too because you're not going to have time to get through it prioritize getting through what you already have. And for anyone who's listening to this and is like, oh my God, Dana, this is me. I feel panicked. Just shoot me an email. I'm always happy to chat and to tell you kind of where I think you should go. Because again, I hate when I meet with people and they're like, oh my goodness, I was so stressed before my exam. So I bought this giant package and then I didn't get time to do it. And then I was so stressed and then I didn't pass. A lot of the time doing less is more. So Key takeaways from that, don't panic by, work on your nerves, focus on your improvement from that last time too, and do your practice questions as well. Okay, we'll get off that soapbox for now. Uh, okay, question from me, which vitamin deficiency is likely to develop in patients with liver disease? These are the vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin D, vitamin K. This one always splits people. We get half the people saying vitamin D, 
half the people thinking vitamin A. And almost every student I go over this question with, and they put vitamin A, I say, why do you put vitamin A? And they go, well, vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin, correct, and 90% of it's stored in the liver, correct. But when you're thinking about how to, you know, really improve on your questions, you need to kind of leap back on your rationale and go, okay, if you're telling me that it's vitamin A because it's a fat soluble, everyone, and else I listed E, G, K, all of those are fat soluble. So how could it just be vitamin A if everything else is fat soluble and your rationale is that it is also fat soluble? That's one piece of the puzzle. Number two is thinking about, okay, well, you told me 90% of it's stored in the liver. That's not really doing anything with the deficiency. What you want to stand out in this question is A, that it's fat soluble, which again, doesn't help you because all these are fat soluble, but had one not been fat soluble, could have helped you. And number two, that the liver helps to activate vitamin D. So if I have liver disease, I'm going to be very, very high risk of a vitamin D deficiency because it's not going to be able to be activated by the liver is what you're thinking. Vitamin A, you are more likely to have a toxicity of if you have cirrhosis because it's going to get kind of all stuck up in there too. Okay, next one we have is which of the following is the strongest predictor of an individual's health status and why? And you'll notice I love to put why. If you're in any of my courses, you know I like to do a lot of open-ended questions because I don't care that you just know the answer because you're like, I've seen that, or that's a fact. I want you to be able to tell me why because then that way if I ask this question differently, you could get it. So options are age, employment, income, or low health literacy skills. And this one, usually people are split between age and low health literacy skills. The best answer is going to be health with low health literacy skills because, yes, your health can deteriorate with your age, obviously, right? We all plan to be really healthy as we age, though, of course, right? Um, but the bigger concern is the low health literacy. What this means is that you do not understand that smoking can cause lung cancer lung cancer. You don't understand that getting a vaccine might help prevent the disease, getting a severe version of the disease. You don't understand that you can't smoke when you're on oxygen. Not understanding how your lifestyle diet impacts your overall health is higher risk for your health status, right? Think of all the people we know. There's some really smart people we know that just you know, the things aren't connecting when you're, you know, you all have these family members, right, where you're like trying to explain to them cardiovascular disease and they're like, nah, and you're like, so the low health literacy skills is what's going to get you. Okay, next one we have is a great, um, a great graphic. Um, and if you'd like it, just email me at dnjfrynutrition at gmail.com and put like exercise fuel graphic in the subject line and I'll send it to you. But what it is, is it's this great graphic that is showing the different types of fuel you're using at different times of your exercise. So in the for, for our instant energy, this is considered 10 to 15 seconds. What we're going to be using is that stored ATP. Um, 
and our creatine phosphate. That's what we're using for the leg jump up, right? Um, short For our short-term energy, this is 15 to, seconds to two to three minutes. This is considered our, we're going to be using our anaerobic rate without oxygen, metabolism of glucose. Then for long-term energy, which is anything above three minutes, we're going to be using our aerobic metabolism, which is going to use glucose and fatty acids, sometimes a little bit protein, but mostly glucose and fatty acids for fuel. So this is an important thing to know because it's tricky because I always think of like when I think of like long-term exercise, right? I think like 30 minutes plus. No, for this, it's thinking like two to three minutes. So like my, you know, favorite activity, my little walk, 15 minutes to the Trader Joe's, that would technically be long-term energy, right? Me like jumping up from my office because I my tea kettle is boiling in my kitchen. I'm like, oh, that's my instant energy. Um, so good to kind of know, um, good to kind of know that too. Okay, next question, vocab, and you have to know your vocab. This exam is situational question heavy, but also vocab heavy, which is really annoying. Okay, so here's the op here's our question, fill in the blank. Blank is when a starch gel contracts and mangling. And almost everyone will say gelatinization. I see the word gel. But think about what gelatinization is. I have my starch granule. It swells with water when I heat it. And then it becomes a little jello boom. This is saying when that starch granule gel contracts and leaks water. You're like, when is that blood leaking? This is a weird way to write retrogradation. That's what we're thinking of. This is retrogradation here where the starch granule, so like think in my fresh baguette I get from the bakery and I leave it out. The starch granules are going to kind of push back together and they're leaking out water, but it's not wet because it's going to evaporate. It's going to just evaporate. It's going to just evaporate too. Okay. Next one, less of a question and more of just a free resource. So you can grab that on my website. If you're in the um, podcast, just look at the show notes for my free downloads. And if you're on the Facebook page, just search, search Foodborne Illness Study Guide. Um, so definitely take advantage of the different study guides I have on the website too, because it's just really helpful to see everything at once. With foodborne illnesses, you're going to need to know the organism. You're also going to need to know onset time, signs and symptoms, duration, and food sources. And the thing you want to take a look at is know what is different between them. Almost all of them are going to cause diarrhea vomiting. So focus on what's different. Which ones have short onset times? Which ones have long onset times? And remember, that is a great class to grab, um, a great topic to grab the class on. The foodborne illness class is only going to be um, $10 on my website. Thanks for tuning in for this week's practice question review. Don't forget that we are doing these live on my Facebook page, Registered Dietitian Exam Tutoring with Dana RD, every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I would love to have you join live. You can also head to my website, danajfnutrition.com, to find out about the latest classes as well as study tips and services. Thanks for tuning in.